Welcome to episode 4 of After Live, the unofficial Collider Live After Show. My name is Josh the Merc Rayner, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I'm going to be talking about the entire week in the world of Collider Live. A whole lot of stuff went down, so let's just start diving right into it. Because this is After Live. Alright everybody, welcome back to After Live. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, right up at the top, um, I want to address something. Uh, Mark Riley was not on Thursday's show uh, because if you ha- you know if you haven't heard his 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 dog Kale Kale the Schmo dog had fallen ill, and so during the show, uh, Josh McCuga got a text from Riley that Kale wasn't doing very good. And that he had internal bleeding, and that they had found a tumor. Then after sh- after the show later in the evening, we found out that Kale the Schmo Dog had passed away uh, at 12 years old. This was very sad. Um, you know, it, for those of you who have been following Collider and, and the Schmodown for for a while, y- you would know Kale. Um, he was a staple on 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 both Collider and and Schmoes. And it's devastating that, uh, that that he passed away. Um, my heart goes out to Mark Riley and 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 his fiance Julie and everybody else who was close to them. Uh, it's a terrible loss. That, like Christian talks about, that's that's the horrible thing about pets is that they 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 don't they don't outlast. You know, they rarely, especially dogs, they they don't outlast their owners, and that's that's a shame. Because dog, most dogs are better than than most people, so 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 it's definitely a shame. So I wanted to just kind of give a, a, a moment of silence for Kale the Schmo Dog. All right, thank you, and uh, all right. So let's uh, let's get into uh, after live. Uh, before I start talking about everything that went on, I wanted to say that I did finally go back and watch uh, all the fake news videos. I, I was behind uh, on the last two. I'd watched the first one when it came out, and then I had just kind of fallen behind on the on, uh, on the second one, which was the uh, Captain Marvel is a is a Top Gun sequel, which was that was a really good one. I really I really actually liked the uh, what what Josh had said. Um, in, in all the ways that it's you know it's quote unquote tied to uh, to Top Gun, I, I really dug that. I thought it was really well done. Um, and then they released one this week called Zack Snyder directing Walking Dead Love Actually movie for Netflix. This one was a bit shorter than all of the other than either of the other two. Um, I, I felt like it, they didn't quite dive into it as much as I would have liked. But, you know, I, not every piece is going to be gold, and I understand that. The one thing about this episode that I really enjoyed 
is that they finally got a teleprompter, and he even uh, makes note of that at the end. Because if you watch those first two, you can tell he's reading like probably from cue cards or, or something or, or whatever um, off to the side. So you can tell that his eyes, are, he even says that his eyes are darting back and forth. But they they got a teleprompter now, and so I, I think going forward, I think it's going to be a lot better um, in that aspect. And because of this, th- it got me to go back and rewatch the three episodes of Captain Learning. They had talked about it, I think it might have been last week, um, they had talked about uh, the Captain Learning stuff a little bit, and how it it did not do well when, when it first came out. And I'll admit, when... I was one of the ones who did not like it. Uh, I watched all three episodes when they first came out, and I I didn't I didn't understand. I didn't get it. Um, I I just I don't think it was the right time for them to to do uh, a piece like that. And so after they were talking about it and everything, and, and especially after this fake news, the first fake news video came out, I had said to myself, I said. I'm going to go back and rewatch these Captain Learning videos. See if see if my opinion has changed at all. Especially now, kind of knowing what it's all about, knowing that it's it's supposed to be this very spoofy kind of thing. Um, and, and like I said, with having those fake news videos, you know, because that's you know that's part of their thing. They're doing spoof comedy, and I dig that. So, like I said, I went back and I rewatched all three episodes. And I gotta say, I really dug it. Um, I, I'm really sad that I, I could I didn't get into it when it when they first uh, came out. I really liked it, and honestly, I'd like to see more. Um, I thought it was really cool. I th- I'm pretty sure it was it was Makuga voicing Captain Learning, and then in, in episode one, and then in episode two, you had Mark Riley as General Knowledge, and then in episode three, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Ken Knapsack. As major information, and I love that they, you know, these they all had these distinct characters with, the, uh, with distinct voices and and, and 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 speech patterns. I really, I really dug it, and I'm really sad that I was one of the haters when it first came out. But you know, I I'm not too proud of a person to to say, you know, that you know, I I was wrong or. Or as, uh, you know, like Josh McCook talked about on an episode of, a recent episode of TV Talk, about how he, you know, he's flip-flop. He flip-flopped on um, the, the, the new Bad Boys spinoff uh, with uh, Gabriel Union and Jessica Alba. I flip-flopped here on, on Captain Learning, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. And I hope that the, this Collider comedy stuff really takes off a bit and they're able to bring it back because it it was funny and i really think that they could do do some some awesome stuff with it um pe- people just got to understand what it is i guess uh but you know like i said i don't think it was the right time they weren't really doing any comedic stuff really at collider at the time this was this was really the, the first thing and so like with things like with with collider live you know it's it's a bit more off the cuff it's kind of you know it's a funnier show it's not necessarily a comedy show but it's not just like a a news show or, or something like that it's 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 a bit more humorous it's got a lot more humor than most of their other shows and now with this fake news uh segment that they're doing i think 
that we could possibly see a return uh, of Captain Learning. I, I would, I'd be down for that. So let me know. Have you guys watched Captain Learning? And if so, what did you think? Did you watch it when it first aired? Uh, have you have you caught back up? Have you rewatched it? What are your thoughts on Captain Learning? And would you like to see more? Let me know in the comments. All right, so this week started off the five days of Collider Live. They are now Monday through Friday, uh, two hours on Monday through Thursday. They're still doing their normal time slot Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, uh, same starting time as the other days, but it's just uh, an hour long. And it's kind of like for for the Friday, it's kind of like a recap uh, where they just kind of go through. Um, they have some new stuff, and they just kind of talk about some of the, the things that happened throughout the week. Which, uh, which is cool. And, I, and I'll get to, to Fridays at the end. So, uh, Monday show, Brett was back, which is great. I always love seeing uh, a Brett in action. He wasn't there for the entire week, but uh, you know, anytime he is there, I enjoy it. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later, but I, I definitely think we need to see more, more of him. So, like, one of the first things that they start talking about is the Super Bowl, because that happened the day before on, on Sunday. And I have to agree, this Super Bowl was, to quote Christian Harloff, garbage. I, I, I'm not huge on football, and I didn't, I really didn't bother watching m- much of it, mainly because it wasn't, there was nothing going on. You know, I was keeping track of the scores and everything, and the fact that there were two entire quarters with no scoring at all. This was ridiculous. Thirteen to three, and of course the Patriots won again. But it, it was just—it was garbage. And that I—that I did catch uh, the majority of that halftime show. Bleh. Nah, nah, I pass. The only good thing to come out of it were um, the, the the trailers, which are usually pretty damn good. And uh, if you weren't checking out. The Twitter uh, for Frank's Red Hot, Frank's like the hot sauce, Frank's Red Hot. Um, you you guys were missing out because they were doing some fantastic tweets during the game. It was awesome. They were essentially like co-promoting with other companies. Whenever a new comer- another commercial, like a new Super Bowl commercial would drop, boom, they would drop a tweet and it would be like like for instance, a Pepsi commercial drops and they would put out this like little little short video clip of like putting Frank's hot sauce in some Pepsi and, and all this stuff. And it was part of a sweepstakes that they were doing, so if you retweeted it and everything, you know, you were entered. It was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. I was it was so awesome. I suggested it to a few a uh, few people. Even uh, suggested it to uh, Emma Fife, who told me it was a great great recommendation, which I, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, if you guys weren't checking out the Twitter hand the Twitter page for Franks, you were missing out. Go back and see if you, see if you could check out some of those tweets. There was a whole bunch of them. They were doing it like all night. They kept on punching, and it was it was. I don't know who runs their uh, social media. But they deserve a raise for that. It was great. Uh, then they were talking a bit about you know the whole uh, win a goldfish here thing. Uh, Makuga and uh, Christian kind of got in, into a bit of an argument, a little small argument um, about th- 
this whole this new clip and and the the gif that's been going around and kind of like what it's causing. And Makuga like says you know it's 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 kind of encouraging people to become trolls. Um, and Christian was getting real annoyed by this, and luckily Josh dropped it pretty quick. But f- the way I look at it, I, I'm on the side of Christian, and that is that this win a goldfish here thing, it is uh, therapeutic in a way. Um, in my opinion, it helps curb the growth of negativity by allowing people to replace screaming and cursing and all this junk with this one simple gift. Just pop it out there. I, I have used it multiple times over this past week. Some idiot just kind of going off about something. Instead of me getting getting my blood boiling and just throwing back stuff, I just, with a goldfish here, it makes me chuckle and I move on. And not a single person has come back at me with it. You know, with, with anything about it. So that... That, that's fantastic. I think it's a gr- a great a great tool. You're yes, technically you're trolling the trolls, but it's different because those trolls are doing stuff in order to get people to get a rise out of people. You know, in order to get people to react. This this is meant to shut those people down, to get them to stop. That is what it's there for. And it is therapeutic. It does. It Instead of just getting all hot-blooded about it and, and boiling over, you put out this little gift and let it all fade away. I gotta say, it's been a great week on Twitter. Boom, boom, boom. Instead of getting mad about stuff, I'm just popping out goldfish uh, gifts all over the place. And it's it's been great, I gotta admit. So I suggest you give it a try. Uh, they went on to show a video um, of okay, so like I think it was a week, the week before, or maybe another, maybe two weeks before, they showed a video of a female wrestler who uh, pulled a tampon out and, and, and stuffed it in in somebody's uh, mouth, which was pretty disgusting. Uh, so they showed a new video of this same person throwing up on a dude during a match. Um, and, and on purpose, I mean, it was, like the tampon thing, I guarantee you was staged. I guarantee you that it wasn't actually a used tampon. It was probably just, okay, here's a tampon. They put some food coloring water. I, I, I can almost guarantee that, that that's what it was. But after seeing this, I don't know. I could be wrong because she purposefully threw up on a dude essentially as like a distraction, and it's this kind of shit that gives the rest of us wrestling fans a bad name. It gives wrestling in general a bad name. You know, you know these people out there you know, trying to make a name for themselves for being extreme or, or, or whatever. But it, it, all it does is it makes people look down on us. And it, it gives people like Josh McCuga a legitimate reason to call us garbage people because of shit like that. And honestly, it needs to stop. There's no real entertainment value in that. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. If that's what you got to do to get yourself over, then you shouldn't be wrestling. Then you're not a good wrestler. That This company is not good. 
You know, if they can't get themselves over with the fans without doing stupid, idiotic shit like that, then maybe they shouldn't be doing it at all. That's all I gotta say about that. Uh, they went on to talk a little bit about you know, kind of getting older, being uh, tired all the time, being in pain. And I gotta say, I know exactly how that feels. I'm right around the same age as most of them. And I am in pain probably, at least a small amount of pain, almost every single day. Whether it's my back, my head, uh, my ankles, you know, I've got, you know, my my arm. I just recently had surgery on my arm. Uh, I I mean, some sort of pain every single day. I just learned to deal with it, and I've learned, uh, I've kind of garnered a higher pain threshold due to that, where I just ignore it most of the time. But it's tough, I I get it, It, it's absolutely tough, and and the the being tired thing, I'm always tired. I mean, I could sleep two hours, six hours, ten hours, it doesn't matter, and I'm still exhausted. Doesn't matter how much I sleep, I'm always tired, and it's been like this for years. Um, I never feel like I have uh, a, a restful sleep. Um, it, it just never happens. And sometimes I'll take like I try to take a nap because I work third shift, so I'll try to take a nap before work, and it I need at least a half an hour just to become coherent again, to fully wake up and be co- coherent. Otherwise, uh, I'm I'm a wreck. And going out anywhere after that, so yeah, it's rough. It can be rough. Um, then they were talking a bit about uh, Alita: Battle Angel and um, how it had some mixed reviews. And I gotta say, I, I'm actually pretty excited to see Alita: Battle Angel. Um, the people whose opinions I trust, the critics who I trust, seem to like it. Uh, I've heard some pretty good things about it. You know, it's it's not a masterpiece or anything like that, but it sounds pretty good. So I'm actually pretty excited to uh, to see that one. Let me know what you guys... Are you guys looking forward to uh, Alita Battle Angel, the new uh, new movie from James Cameron? So let me know what uh, in, the, in the comments. Let me know what you guys are thinking. You know, and on the flip side of that, things that I'm not looking forward to... They were talking about uh, re- traditional reality shows like Survivor, and then all the, like all the like singing shows and all that jazz. And I gotta say, I can't stand traditional reality shows. I watched the very first season of Survivor, and that was it for that. And then I watched one random season of uh, American Idol. It was the one with Chris Daughtry on it, and he, he was the reason that like my brother really wanted to watch it. So me and him watched that season and that was it was that was it those are the only two like traditional reality shows um that that i i've watched i tend to stick to like the cooking competition shows things like chopped uh top chef stuff like that top chef is is one of my favorites i love that um and then also shows like uh face off which was the uh like kind of like it was a makeup one it was about like film makeup um, they did like aliens and monsters and, and, and all kinds of cool stuff. It was like a special effects uh, makeup uh, competition show on the Sci-Fi Channel. 
And I love that. Those are the kinds of uh, of reality shows that I'm into. Um, yeah, those traditional ones. I just I I can't get into. I don't know. Uh, like they talk they talk a lot about like The Bachelor and stuff like that. Like nah, I I can't I can't get into that kind of stuff. I don't know. Like my sister watches that. I just I can't I can't get into it. And they went to break. Uh, after the break, they came back. They were talking a bit about. Um, parenting and uh they showed this video uh, of brett's kid running out and getting hit by a car and oh my god it it <laughs> this thing kind of like hit me in the nerves man like i was like shaking after watching it because like i have a kid and that is one of the scariest things ever the thought of your child just running out into traffic and just Boom! Getting hit by a car. Luckily, his kid was okay. You know, his, his kid was fine. Just, you know, luckily, nothing was nothing happened. He just, he got popped by the car and kind of bounced off and it was okay. But, you know, you get things like, you know, the movie Pet Cemetery, for instance, is like one of the, the most iconic ones that always uh, I think of, where the kid gets plowed over by, by the semi. Uh, and... That is one of the most terrifying thoughts when you are a parent, is something like that happening to your child. So, like, that that video hit me. So, uh, yeah. Try to keep your kids safe out there, guys. Then they were talking about uh, Toy Story 4. Uh, now, this is something I am very excited for. They are talking about, like, the, the trailers and things like that. Um, I, I love the Toy Story movies. I'm really, really excited for Toy Story 4. However, I have not been impressed with any of the marketing. They put out, I think, three like teaser trailer things. And I I mean I'm glad that they're you know putting something out, but the problem with these with these trailers is they don't first off, they don't tell you anything about about the movie. They like the second one made me so mad um it starts off with bo peep is back and my so I, I me and my wife were watching it and she was like oh wow bo peep is back and then they the trailer goes through and it's the two stuffed animals talking about some stuff and it's it's not even it's not actually a trick a trailer for the movie or anything and i don't honestly think that any of them are like the first one's just a teaser right? it's not actually something from the movie you can tell it's just you know showing you the main characters and then this new little spoon dude that second one was was garbage and the third one i don't honestly i'm not sure if that's part of the movie or not it might be but it also might not be and that's the thing it's that's really bothering me is that these don't actually feel like true trailers they just feel like like the deadpool type of teasers that they were doing where it's not actually stuff from the movie but they're not successful like the deadpool ones they're not anywhere near as good uh, as the deadpool ones and the thing about toy story is i have watched everything i've watched all three movies dozens of times there was a time period about two months where my child watched all three movies plus all the short films every single day for about two months she was obsessed with them. And so I've seen these movies a lot. And I love them. Luckily, they, you know, it was it was movies that I love. 
But one of the things that really bugs me is that they're not showing any of the new characters that that are part of Bonnie's toys. We meet Bonnie in in uh, Toy Story three, and we meet her toys, uh, specifically Trixie, which is the dinosaur, the Triceratops, and uh, Prickle Pants, which is the little bear with the with the later hosen. Um, these characters are in the the short films. Uh, you've got two uh, 22-minute toy, short films. You've got Toy Story of Terror and uh, Toy Story that Time Forgot. They were both uh, on TV on ABC. They premiered there. Um, they were holiday episodes. One was a uh, Halloween one, and I believe the other one was a, was a, a released right around Christmas time. And then there are also three, like six to seven minute uh, short films as well. And they're all fantastic. Um, but it's the characters, like for instance, Toy Story at Time Forgot really focuses on Trixie. It's really her, her short film. And you don't even get to see her at all. It, you wouldn't have any idea that these characters that it has that's anything other than what we've seen before and that's not what i want i honestly i'm not even all that thrilled that bo peep is back because bo peep had been gone for quite a while there was like i want to say like an eight to ten year time span between uh toy story 2 and toy story 3 like inside the movie because he's going off to college and everything so i in order for me to really buy into these these marking, I need to see more. Because, like I said, Bo Peep, why is Bo Peep there? Is it the same Bo Peep that they got rid of? Or is it a brand new Bo Peep? I, under, I understand that she's got a different outfit, but theoretically the same character could have a different outfit. Um, you know, like how, how Barbies can change their clothes and stuff like that. But... Why is she back? I don't. I, I don't understand. Uh, it, it it really bugs me because she was gone for so long that she just. If it is the same Bo Peep, she just happens to show up. She just happens to be the exact same Bo Peep that they got rid of. I don't know if I buy that. And if it's a different Bo Peep, why? What's the point? Just do a different story. And, you know, you could do a lot of stuff and show the damn and show Bonnie's toys. Damn it! This is what bothers me. People are so wrapped up, oh, it's the, you know, the original trilogy, they shouldn't even bother. I'm someone who who loves that trilogy, but I have also seen the short film, so I, I, and I understand not everybody, and probably the minority have seen them, uh, but those characters are fantastic, and I want to see Trixie and Prickle Pants, and I want to see Bonnie. That's what I want. I want those characters. I, I don't need to see a, a spoon man coming, you know, be coming to life. I don't need I don't need Bo Peep. And it's like first it's like, okay, is it gonna be about them finding like this spoon dude? Or is it gonna be about Bo Peep? Is it gonna be about both? Because that just seems weird. What is this story about? We don't really know what it's about. Sorry about the rant on to- on Toy Story Four, but I don't know. It's just there's a lot of stuff that it's been kind of popping around in my brain about it, and I just needed to get it out. Uh, they also went on to talk about some of the Super Bowl trailers. Um, you know, they did. They talked about uh, Avengers Endgame, which was really good. 
uh, us they talked about, uh, and then Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw was the one that, I mean, Endgame was great. I, I really enjoyed what I saw from that. I'm super excited for it. But Hobbs and Shaw was one that I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about. Um, a few days prior, I believe, they released like a full trailer for Hobbs and Shaw. And I did a, a trailer reaction. It's up on my YouTube channel right now. It's Mercury the Movie Blog on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, I actually really dug the trailer. I like the uh, like the, the, the kind of almost like superhuman aspect that they're going with. I think it's it's interesting. As long as they can make it kind of believable, uh, I think I'll I'll be down with it. Um, it's got it definitely has the tone, the humor, the action of a Fast and Furious movie. So I, I'm in. But then the, the this Hobbs and Shaw Super Bowl spot came out. And honestly, all it is is a truncated version of the of the first trailer, and I really don't think it had anywhere near the impact that that first trailer that dropped a few days earlier had. I don't understand the point of it. Uh, I, I you know I guess I get that they wanted to uh, get more eyes out uh, on it, and so doing it during the Super Bowl, and that's definitely the audience that you're kind of gunning for. But then they should have done something because I don't honestly even think there was any new footage. It was just like a cut down version of that trailer. Uh, I mean, I may be mistaken, but from when I watched it, I just I didn't feel like I remember seeing anything new. And that's what I think they should have done. I think they should have had a wholly new, maybe a couple of gags from from that first trailer. Uh, but I think they should have had some some new big pieces into that little. Uh, Super Bowl spot. If they're paying all that money for it. They they should have done something something better. So, uh, and then toward the end of the show, they talked a bit about uh, three identical strangers. Uh, this is one that I still really got to see. I've heard so much good stuff about it, and the fact that it's snubbed at the Oscars is is crazy. That and and won't you be my neighbor getting snubbed for best documentary? Those are the only two docs that I have been hearing anything about. I don't even know these other docs, and I, I I just I don't get it. I don't understand what the academy was thinking, but I don't. Know. Then we got into today two. Um, Mark Ellis is in the house. Brought some Girl Scout cookies. Uh, Roxy and Brett were in the back. Uh, Brett apparently really awkward around fans, and I got I gotta say I feel like that would be me. I I feel like I would be really awkward with the fans. Um. Uh, I can be shy quite a bit, so uh, yeah, I, I definitely think me and Brett would probably probably get along and, and just be kind of weird and awkward with each other, and just be it'd be kind of fun. We'd be I think we'd be good friends. I really do. And they talked a bit about uh, the new Lego Movie, Lego Movie Two, uh, the second part. And I I just saw this yesterday, and I gotta say I really dug it. Uh, it's not it's not as good as the first one. Um, I honestly don't even think it's quite as good as, uh, the Batman Lego movie, which I love the Batman Lego movie. Um, it's better than, uh, Ninjago, but, uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, it's still up there. It's, however, it is not my favorite, uh, animated movie of the year. I have already seen, uh, How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, and that movie is spectacular. Um, I know it's still early, but it's currently my favorite film of the year. 
it's my first uh, uh, 10 out of 10 for the year. It's my only 10 out of 10 so far for the year. It was perfect. A perfect ending to a fantastic uh, trilogy of films. I absolutely loved How to Train Your Dragon. Um, but as far as Lego Movie 2 goes, yeah, check it out. If you if you liked the first Lego Movie, this is a this is literally a direct sequel uh, to to that first movie. And they actually even reference uh, the Batman Lego Movie, which was really fun. It has some interesting stuff. They really play around with um, the the human aspect of it, and kind of gets a little like almost mind bendy as in as to like what's what's real are they real are they are they all inside the mind of the kids uh, are is it some sort of weird different dimension where they where they're alive in their dimension but they pop through into our dimension and then they're just legos but they still have consciousness it's it's an interesting uh, uh, discussion to have about it like kind of like almost like a like a philosophical debate you could have um, with whether or not these things are, are alive or not in their own type of world. It's really interesting. Let me know if you guys have seen it. Let me know what you, you thought of it. And let me know what you think about um, what I said about whether or not they could be, you know, alive in a different different dimension or, or, or anything like that. Uh, hop down in the comments and give me your thoughts. Then they kind of went on this thing about, um, you know, what is what is considered disgusting um, Mark Ellis put his own gum into his drink to flavor it. Apparently it's something that he does. And, and, and Roxy and Christian were like bagging on him, calling it, you know, saying that it was, it was disgusting. I honestly, I, I don't, I don't really think it is. Like, I understand kind of some of the stuff that they're talking about. You know, it's like, oh, you could have food particles in your mouth. But again, it's, it, it's your own gum. You know, it, it's, I, 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 if you're drinking a drink, you know, and you get backwash into your drink. So, you know, you have food particles in your mouth and you drink, you, you, you drink back and you say you're not using a straw most likely. Even when you're using a straw, it can still happen. You get backwash into your, into your stuff. What, what's the difference? There, there's literally no difference. You're getting saliva, food particles back into your drink from the backwash. There's literally no difference other than he's adding flavor from the gum. That's literally it. There's no difference there. I, I, I don't understand why everybody was freaking out about it. And when Christian was talking about, oh, you know, we take touches it and then he's touching other stuff. Okay, so if I take my gum out and throw it in the garbage, what's the difference there? Most people don't hold on to their gum wrappers. They put the gum in their mouth and throw the gum wrapper out. And then they either spit out their gum or they take it with their hand and they throw it out. Would you still have that same problem? I, I mean, honestly, I, I'd like to know. And let me know in the comments. What are your guys' thoughts on this whole gum situation? And they were also then talking about uh, stuff that, you know, when you're in school and some, like, gross stuff you would you would do, like, throwing, like, wet paper towels or spitballs and things like that and get in, trying to get them... They're talking about, like, clay and getting them to stick to the ceiling. Um, and I guess they, this really, it brought me back to when I was in, in like, middle school and grade school and doing the, the pencils. We would launch, we'd, you know, sharpen our pencils 
and we would launch them into the like foam uh, ceiling tiles and try to get them to stick in there. Um, we would do weird stuff like pencil pop. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, where you take your pencil and then you got to use your other, like the other person has to use their pencil to try to snap your pencil in half. It was weird, and you take turns. It was just weird, stupid shit that kids did. So I just thought that was kind of, really kind of brought me back. It was really reminiscent of my time in school as well. Like I said, I'm I'm right around the same age as most of them, so it makes sense uh, that that kind of stuff would, you know, be prevalent in their lives as well. And then the next thing they were, they were talking about was uh, like car accidents and near misses and, uh, I just wanted to kind of like I have they tell my little story. I have I have one about the first winter I ever drove. I was uh, eighteen. I had just recently gotten my license a few months by, back. Like yeah, I, I yes, I I did not get my license until I was eighteen. Um, and so I was driving from school back home. It wasn't very far; it was just a few miles. And I was going around a curb. Our curve in the road, and I, I, like I said, this was my first winter driving. I was stupid about it, and I didn't slow down nearly enough. And as I go around the curve, my car just slides right off the road, and my back bumper clips another car's front bumper and rips their bumper off their car. And then my car comes to a skidding stop. Right next to a phone pole. If it had kept going, it would have just smashed me right into that phone pole. So I got lucky that it didn't do that. Uh, at the time, I was driving uh, a 1982 Chevy Malibu Classic. It was a tank. And I get out, and this dude's bumper and headlight is just on the ground. And there is not a single scratch on my car. Um, my car, it, it, it wouldn't start. For a little bit, like it took a while. I don't know if it was just because of like the sudden jostling of everything or what. Uh, it took a took a little bit for it to to get back running, and then it was fine after that. But yeah, so that that cost me a bit. But that that's my story. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're out there. That's the only real accident uh, for me driving that I that I've been in. There was one instance. I believe it was that same winter, um, in the in the same car. Where I'm, I'm going up to meet my brother, and I have to go up this real steep hill, and it's like a blizzard out there, and my car starts to, so I'm going up, my car starts to drift to the side, and I begin to fish tail, but I go like 180 degrees, so I'm, I am perpendicular to the road, and then I, you know, I fix. And then it starts to swing the other way, and I go in, in all the way the other way, and perpendicular to the road, and it just keeps going back. And forth and back and forth until I'm able to finally even it out and pull off to the side of the road. It was scary. There, you know, were semis and stuff coming down that up and down that road. It was frightening. It was there are like three foot ditches on either side of the road, no guardrails. So if I if I hadn't been able to keep it, keep myself essentially in the center of that road, well as I fishtailed back and forth like that uh i i would not i would have been in a ditch who knows possibly worse um yeah it was it was scary it was one of the most frightening the experiences in a car that i've ever had and i've been in other accidents with other people driving but those are really the only two for me 
uh, that, that I've ever experienced. So what about you guys? you guys have any uh, interesting uh, accident or near misses stories that uh, you'd like to talk about? Shoot it my way. Uh, Christian went on to talk about tickets for uh, the free-for-all, which uh, will be happening on March 23rd, and for the April 13th Chicago show for the Schmodown. Um, he said that they should be on sale today, which is Friday. Um, so it, keep an eye out for those if you're looking to attend either the free-for-all or the, the uh, Chicago show on April 13th. Keep an eye out for tickets. Like I said, they should be on sale sometime later today. Uh, for the free-for-all is going to have 35 competitors, which I'm really excited for. That's how many, I believe, the fir- very f- first one had. Last year, he upped it to 50, which was nuts, but it was awesome. But I understand why he would want to go back uh, down to 35, keep it a bit more contained. Um, it, it was it was nuts. It was literally a free-for-all last year. Uh, and as far as the April 13th show, uh, he said that there will be a double main event. It will be um, Alex Damon will defend his title against uh, a to-be-determined uh, opponent. And there will also be a who's the boss uh, versus to-be-determined opponent uh, in a number one contenders match there. So that, that'll be good. Uh, I'm really excited f- uh, for what they got going on at uh, Celebration. Um, I re- I'm really hoping that they're able to do a Collider Live live at Star Wars Celebration. So we'll see if they get to do that. And you can, uh, I guess they're launching, I don't know if it's launched yet, um, a new website called theschmodownlive.com. So check that out. It's theschmodownlive.com. If it's been if it's launched already, uh, you can check that out. And I think you can find out information about the events. Prob- probably get tickets there as well. So check that out. Uh, Christian went on to talk a bit about some wrestling. He was talking about Becky Lynch and how she's become one of the most loved superstars on the WWE roster. And that how WWE is shoehorning Charlotte Flair into the Becky vs. Ronda match. Um, I, I, I'm a big wrestling fan as well. I, ha- I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to. I only catch it once in a while. Um, so sometimes I, 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 I fall behind. I try to keep up by listening to uh, like the, 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 the recap shows with um, Roka and Ryan Satin. They do a Raw and SmackDown recap show. And they also recap like the pay-per-views. So I, I try to keep up with that kind of stuff, and, and I have to say, everything I have seen, I, I've enjoyed Becky Lynch ever since she came onto the scene, and when they tried to turn her heel, I was worried because I didn't know how people would respond to that, and the fact that they have just overwhelmingly just taken to her, more so than before... No matter that she's a heel, they still cheer for her. They want her as the top as the top person in this company, um, as she herself calls herself. She is the man. You know, she is that top dog. Um, and the fa- and I understand that Charlotte Flair is a legacy. She's Ric Flair's daughter, but that's not what the what what they want. This is not what the audience wants to see. It's not what the fans want. They don't want to see Charlotte in this match. Put Charlotte up against Oscar. You know that that would be that would be fine. Have two like Christian said, have two main events: Charlotte and Oscar, and then Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, and then maybe do something after, maybe with the winners of those two matches, do something like that. That could be fascinating. But yeah, I 
keep Charlotte out of this crap. Vince needs to retire. He needs to give the reins up and, 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 and just because he's not listening to the fans. He doesn't care. He does what he wants to do, and that's it. He's going to give his buddy's daughter you know, a, a boost, and, that, and that's how it's going to go. Then they got into uh, a piece of movie news. It was Taika Waititi has said that he will not replace James Gunn uh, to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <clears throat> I think this is fantastic. Uh, I love Taika. I loved um, uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was it was fantastic. It was a hilarious, hilarious movie. Um, but I like that he's standing firm and saying that he's not going to do that. He's not going to, you know, step on James Gunn's toes like that, you know, because what they did was was messed up. What Disney did was messed up. They just got rid of him for some stupid shit that he had apologized for years ago. Because some conservative douchebag decided to bring it back up. And of course, Bob Iger is, is a Republican. And has toyed with the thought of uh, running for president. And you don't want the, the you know, a guy who's been bad and he's on Trump's side and so you don't want a dude who's been bashing Trump and getting now getting called out for something else it just gave them an excuse to get rid of uh, of James Gunn and it's bullshit in my opinion I, I I hated that yeah so I hope that uh you know I mean I do want to see a Guardians 3 but I hope that none of the people that currently work for him take it on help him force them to hire outside and, and see what happens there. Uh, then they head to break, and after the break, Jean-Claude Van Damme comes into studio. Uh, he's in to uh, talk about his new movie, We Die Young. And I gotta say, this movie sounds fascinating. comes out March 1st. Uh, check out the interview. Just listen to the, the way he describes the movie. It sounds fascinating. Um, I, I don't think I've ever actually listened to a, a an interview with Van Damme before. So, uh, but apparently this is really nothing like any of his interviews. Um, they talk about how in a previous interviews that they that they watched in order to kind of get ready for this, uh, you know, he, he's asked a question, he answers the question, boom, boom, boom. But here, apparently, he just really felt so comfortable with these guys that he just talked. And I love he is quite a talker. Uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, of like a Kevin Smith, where it's he gets on a tangent and he just kind of rolls with it. He, he tells this long story uh, and eventually circles around to, to a simple answer. And, and it kind of, it, it, honestly, it makes him absolutely a fascinating person. And he's very animated with his hands. Um, as, as I'm saying this, I'm doing it as well, but you can't see that because you're listening to a podcast. But he's very animated with his hands. And I don't know, it, it was, it was, it was just a fascinating thing to watch. I couldn't, I couldn't stop listening. I was locked in. I almost didn't write anything down during that time because I was just so locked in to everything that he was saying and and trying to make sure I understood and and, and could hear what he was saying. And and honestly, I felt kind of bad for Makuga. He was so excited. I remember talking about last week when they said, when Christian announced that Van Damme would be on the show, and, and Makuga just got up and opened the door and was like, Van Damme's coming alive! He was so pumped for this. And he could not get a question asked. 
He tried once to ask a question, completely unsuccessful, just kind of steamrolled right past it. And then he tried to make uh, like like a like a joke, like a snappy little joke, and it was a, it was just shut shut right down by Van Dam. Boom, just essentially told to to, to be quiet. It was fascinating and like i said like i don't know that's the word that keeps coming back fascinating i don't know how else to describe it other than fascinating um apparently van damme is a trump supporter at least from the way he talks about it uh the 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 ending of that interview did feel kind of awkward because he was kind of praising trump a little bit um and talking about how we should uh uh, I'll trust in AI and all that. <laughs> and you have Makuga and Roxy over here being like, oh, oh don't trust the robots. And so it, it, it got a little bit awkward at the end, but again, fascinating interview. It, it's a definite must see. Go through, go back. I'm sure they, I'm sure they uh, did a clip out of just the interview. Um, they, t- they tend to do stuff like that. So, even if all you want to do is go back and watch that interview, just go check it out. I'm sure you can find it. If anything, I'm sure Adam or uh, Alex probably did the time codes uh, for it, so you can just go to the episode and check out the time codes and, and, and watch the episode or watch the interview uh, right there in the, in, in the actual episode. And from this interview uh, is born a brand new sound clip, which I love. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's it, it doesn't quite get as big of laughs, I think, as the goldfish one did at first, but it's really good. And it's the, you want a cookie? I said yes. You want some milk? I said yes. You have a green card? I said, of course I do. I didn't have a green card. Now, I don't think they actually clipped out the uh, the green card part, but I love that entire little spot. It's It was so funny. And I love that the... You want a cookie? Has become a new sound clip uh, on the show. It's it's great. Then they took another break after the interview, which uh, you need after something like that. And they came back, talked a bit about. Uh, they talked a bit about the interview. You know how you know their thoughts on it and everything, kind of like almost like decompressing from it, because uh, it was a lot to take in. So they talked a bit about that, and then um, a couple bits of uh, like movie and slash TV news. Um, Josh mentioned that uh, FX's Legion will be ending with season three, which I'm a little bummed about, but because I, I love Legion, but it's a very—I feel like it's a very acquired taste because it's so weird and crazy. Um, but I hope that they're able to really wrap it up in, in a good, satisfying way. I heard that they had cast somebody to play uh, Professor X, who is the main character's father in the show. So it would be cool to finally see uh, them actually address this portion of the X-Men universe. And then they also talked about uh, Kevin Feige is officially looking to recast Wolverine and fold the X-Men into the MCU, which makes sense with the whole Fox-Disney deal that Feige would, would want to do that. Um, the, the deal is probably super close to being com- completely finished. It's been quite a while, so I feel like it's got to be almost time. So it would make sense that he would want to start looking to to who who could take over this role. And he probably wants, obviously, he wants to go younger than 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 uh, you know a Hugh Jackman right now. 
Hugh was in his 30s when he started doing it, and he was doing the role for almost 20 years. So it makes you know it makes sense that they want to just completely recast. You don't want all the baggage from previous stuff. You want a completely fresh take on everything when you take it into your MCU. And I'm excited for it. I, I, I think they can do some really good stuff with the X-Men. Maybe eventually down the road, maybe 10 years from now, we'll get uh, AVX. We'll get Avengers versus X-Men as like the big thing. You know, like how right now it's it's Infinity War and all this stuff. And maybe then we'll get that or something like House of M or, or any of that kind of stuff. I think it'll be fascinating to see where they go with it. And that was the end of Tuesday's show. Uh, we go into Wednesday. Uh, Brett is back. Apparently, he has a really long drive to get into the studio. And this, this hearing this, it really kind of solidifies my thought that he needs to be on the main seat once in a while. Um, I, I really think that if him and Roxy are in studio, once in a while, put him in the main seat and Roxy in the back. Because I think it would give Brett... The confidence to talk more since he's right there he's face to face with christian they're having the conversation and and knowing that because we saw this last week knowing that even from the back roxy is still willing to chime in whenever she has a thought i i think it would work because brett isn't like that so you'll have Christian and Roxy talking, but Brett will just be sitting there barely talking. But if Brett is in the main seat with Christian, they'll be talking, and then Roxy will be talking too, and I think we could have a real nice kind of like three-way conversation going on uh, and get Brett a little bit more 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 talk time, uh, a little bit more mic time. I, I, I would really dig that. I don't know if it's something Brett would want, but I, I would really, really like that, and I think that's something that they should look into, definitely. Uh, then Christian was talking about how he went and saw the new, uh, movie fighting with my family comes out. I believe that I think, I believe it comes out wide on the 22nd. This is actually a movie that I've been looking forward to for a while, ever since I first heard about it. Cause like I said before, I, I know I am a big wrestling fan. Um, I love Paige. I, I, I ever, ever since she came out, I've. Uh, I've been like following what she's been doing. I've really enjoyed uh, seeing her. She's a great performer. Um, she, she's got a lot of uh, drama that surrounds her, so it's perfect for her movie. And having it be like produced by The Rock and, and with WWE films and everything like that, yes, it was. I was a little worried, but because it is a wrestling centric film, I really thought that it was something that they could get right. And it really sounds like they did. You know, it sounds like um, it, it sounds like it's it's going to be a good one. Um, it's going to tell a good story, and it's not just you know, oh, it's not it's not ready to rumble. You know, it's not some it's it's actually got some nice drama to it and a nice story. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. And uh, I, I believe uh, I'll be going out to visit my brother when it comes out, and I, I'll be taking him to see it. So here's hoping. That we'll get a chance to go and check out Fighting With My Family when it comes out. Then they were also talking about, um, uh, a little bit about How to Train Your Dragon. Like I said before, it is so good. So if you haven't gotten a chance to see it, make sure when it comes out, go see it. I saw it during the, um, 
they did a Fandango, like a fan experience thing or whatever, where uh, people who have Fandango accounts could order early tickets. It was like three weeks before the release. And I got us, like I said before, this movie is perfect. It is a perfect ending to a fantastic trilogy. I was thrilled with it. Um, I gotta say, I I find it. I know it's only February, but I really find it difficult to believe that it won't wind up in my top ten at the end of the year. Um, I, I just I don't know. I don't. I just don't see myself giving out ten other ten out of tens. You know, I really don't. So, yeah, I I really I I believe this is gonna gonna be my first like staple in my top 10 list for this year uh christian also kept asking cody to do a bunch of stuff uh on the screen but apparently it was alex doing it and he just they they kept flashing back to the back and cody's like you know doing like a like they're just like making a face and you see alex in the back on the computer it was really funny i i i love seeing uh the guys in the back do stuff Later on in the show, you actually see them. Do, they do essentially. It's like a head a headset bit, is what I what I was calling it, where they kept Christian kept bringing up this thing about uh, about headsets because um, Brett was sitting there without a headset before. Like this has happened before um, with with Brett sitting there without a headset, and so they were talking about the headsets a lot, and so they kept flashing to the back. And Cody would, like, have another headset. And they kept finding more headsets. And then at one point, he was wearing, like, six headsets on, on his head. And and then they made a compilation video uh, and put it up. It, it was, oh, my God, it was fantastic. They put up this little, uh, uh, this video that just compiled all of, of the clips of them flashing to the back, putting on more and because Christian had no idea that this was going on during the show, he obviously found out later after he saw this, this this little video. And this right here, this is the reason why watching the show, watching Collider Live, is far superior to just listening to it. I used to exclusively listen to the show because, like I said before, I work third shift, and where I work, I can listen to my headphone. I can have you know headphones on. Uh, while I work, and I would listen to podcasts all night for a nine-hour shift. I would listen to podcasts all night long, and so I would always listen to Collider Live. And so when I decided to start doing this uh, this podcast, I was like, I need to start watching it, like actively watching it, because I know that there's there's probably stuff that I'm missing when I'm not watching it. I didn't realize how much gold was being uh, was probably being missed by just watching uh, by just listening to the show, and not watching it. So, uh, I highly recommend if any of you are out there listening to it, if you are able to sit down for the two hours and watch the show, do that because it's fantastic. And speaking of like being able to sit down and watch it for for two hours, I I, I know a lot of people. Um, have complained about uh, I saw I saw this on Twitter a bunch. 
you know, complaining, oh, nine hours a week, I can't do that, that's too much. I even saw some, one person be like, oh, I'm just, I, I, I can't do this anymore, I'm dropping Collider Live altogether. I used to love, I love this show, but I, I can't do it anymore, so I'm just dropping it. Why would you drop it? It's not like you're watching The Flash or or something like that, you know, where you have to, you know, watch each episode to, you know, to get to everything you know, so that you don't miss stuff. Really, just watch, you know, watch Monday and Wednesday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Watch the hell, just just watch the Friday one and like one or two other ones. And there you go. If you were watching before, if you were watching Three days a week, which is six hours. Watch, I don't know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Or if you know that, like, so they said that Van Damme was going to be on Tuesday. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch Tuesday's show. And then I'm going to watch, you know, one of the other days. And then watch Friday. You're watching five hours instead of six hours. And you're getting that recap on Friday. You don't need to watch every single thing. And they moved on to some other uh, some movie news and, and some other stuff. But before that, um, Brett was talking a bit about uh, restless leg syndrome, and uh, so, some of them didn't really understand what it was. Um, but I know exactly how it feels. Uh, I, I don't have it so bad as to where like I need like medication. Uh, I believe Riley was talking about how he how he has to medicate for it, unfortunately. Um, but for me. It's gotten to a point where if I get overtired, especially when I'm working several days in a row, because um, like I said, I work third shift, but I also take care of my, my three-year-old during the day. So I sleep on work, like when I'm doing multiple days, I sleep probably two to three hours a day. So when I get exhausted... And I'm like, even you know, I'm just sitting on the couch watching something. I get it in my my knees, particularly sometimes in my in my in my arms, um, where it's just like this this. It's hard to describe. It's just like a constant discomfort, almost painful discomfort, uh, where you, you can't. It just doesn't go away. You can't get in a comfortable position. You can't like nothing. Nothing. Nothing does anything. The only thing for me that I have noticed that does any good is, for some weird reason, laying in my bed. Um, I could lay on the couch, and it still doesn't work. I could lay on the floor, nothing. But I lay in my bed, and it and it, it does. It helps take it away. Um, I, I've had it bad enough to where I couldn't sleep, where it's like in my ankle and like almost like spasming my ankle almost, like like that that discomfort feeling. It's, it's it, it, it can get bad. Um I, I don't know who else out there. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening who, uh, who who suffer from this. So let me know if you guys have had experiences with RLS, if, uh, if it's something that you suffer from. Well, if there's anything specific that you do uh, to combat it, let me know in the comments. Uh, and then for movie news, like I said, they, uh, they, they were talking about, about um, Henry Cavill. Uh, it was reported that Henry Cavill, Cavill was making demands um for you know in order to do superman again um apparently he wanted from what the report had said he wanted uh to be able to have a say on the director on the script and he wanted a like a producer's credit but then uh 
Collider's own Frosty Weintraub came out and said that none of this was true. So who knows what's actually going on. I'm sure that there's, because they say where there's smoke, there's fire. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit to this, because they've been going through negotiations for a while. You had that whole thing go on about, uh, you know, oh, all of a sudden Cavill's out, but then his rep's like, nah, he's not out. And then you had him, you know, post this weird video, uh, this cryptic video on, on Instagram he did another uh, image on Instagram with uh, he's working. You know, he's talking about he was at the gym getting buff, and he's standing next to a, a Superman statue of him. It's his version of Superman. So it's like, what exactly is going on? He's like a master at this this uh, Instagram negotiation thing. Everybody wants Cavill back. Well, maybe not everybody, but most people want Cavill back, and. Uh, I, I do think we're going to see him back. Uh, a report came out just, I think, yesterday that there's going to be apparently a cameo in Shazam, but it won't be Henry Cavill. Um, it will be, uh, apparently it'll be like at either at the very end or in a post-credit. Uh, Freddie, Billy Batson's friend Freddie, has apparently been asking uh, him to come into school as Shazam to prove that you know he knows Shazam, and instead he sends uh, Superman in, and you see him. He comes in from behind, and uh, so you don't see the face, and they use a, a body double from from what the reports are. Whether it's true or not, who knows? We'll have to wait until uh, April to find that out. Um, but if that's true. It sounds like they want to have the character of Superman doing some stuff, maybe acting almost like the Nick Fury in the MCU where he weaves in and out of other stories. And Cavill is still, is, I mean, Cavill is Superman. He has all right to try and negotiate terms for a return. I understand that, and it's what people want. And the fact that the way he's playing it, I would not be surprised if they eventually cave. He needs a Man of Steel 2 is what he needs. Um, not these little rinky-dink cameos and junk like that. He needs a, a Man of Steel 2. That shouldn't be part of his contract. You know, one of the, you know, how you have, um, you know, in your contracts you get X amount of appearances or whatever. And when they blow them on things like a little, a little cameo, so you want your own movie especially when you're Superman. So that's what they need. They really, I think that's what they need to do. Um, the next one was uh, Dark, they were talking about Dark Phoenix, and I believe it was Roxy was saying how um, she just doesn't care about it. Uh, how it, I, I don't, I feel like, I don't know if it was, it could have been either her, could have been Christian, I'm not 100% sure. They were talking about how um, it's more like a, a special issue where you know it doesn't really matter, uh, you know it doesn't uh, affect anything going forward. And okay, yeah, it may not. Dark Phoenix may not affect anything going forward because they're going to be relaunching. But this is not a, like a special issue. This is like a comic. It's like the end of a comic book run. This is the final portion of that comic book run uh, of the Fox X Men. 
Just because a run is ending doesn't mean it doesn't matter. You want to know how it ends. And I, I don't understand that that mentality. They, they do it again later on when Roxy's talking about Daredevil Season 3. She says that she hasn't watched Season 3 uh, because she knows that it's not coming back. You know, so she's like, well, what's the point? Well, it's like, you watch a lot of TV. If you are invested in a show and you know that the show is ending, and you know, oh, this is the final season, like, for instance, Gotham. I know you're a Gotham fan, Roxy. Right now is the final season of Gotham, and it's not coming back. Are you just not going to watch it? Because, oh, what's the point in watching it if it's not going to come back? Are, are, are you serious? Like... This, I know I haven't watched Daredevil season three either. I'm I'm very far behind on most of them, so I don't know if it leaves you at a cliffhanger or anything like that. But how will you know unless you watch it? Like I I don't understand that mentality. It really it really bothers me uh, when when people act like that. It's like just watch it. Like, I understand if, you know, you missed, you know, you, oh, you you heard about a show. Oh, that sounds really cool, but I never got a chance to watch it. Maybe I should check it out. Oh, it only lasted. It got canceled after, it got canceled after season one. And eh, maybe I won't watch it. Then I can understand because, you know, you'll get into it. You haven't gotten into it yet, but you'll get into it just for it to probably end on like a cliffhanger because it got canned after season one. This one, you've already been in you've watched the first two seasons you've watched the other stuff you probably watched defenders and all this other stuff and you're just gonna not watch season three because it's ending i can understand if you lost interest like there's a lot of people out there who dropped off of shows like the walking dead or you know like the the cw superhero the dc shows because they you know they lost interest in the show that i get it happens i've dropped shows you know, I, I watched the first season of uh, Mr. Robot, and then I watched, like, the first, like, four or five episodes of season two and just stopped watching because I, I just, I, I lost interest. Um, I watched a show called uh, Winona Earp. I dropped it because I lost interest. I get it. That makes sense. But to drop a show because, you, to, to yeah, to just not watch a final season because it's the final, because it's not coming back, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. And I love you, Roxy. You're great. But that is, that's that's a pretty dumb statement. Especially coming from someone who's like a big TV person. Uh, I, just, I just don't get that. Then they went to break. And uh, when they came back, Makuga came in. And uh, he was talking about um, Gronk. About Rob uh, Gronkowski, a football player. Groping uh, some women. Which is disgusting. Uh, I, I don't. I don't understand why football players get away with all this bullshit that they do. But, um, but yeah. So they they talked a little bit about that. But the thing that I, I thought was was hilarious was J- Josh then went and groped Mark. And this in, th- this little frame of video needs to become a gif. Someone out there take that frame of video and turn it into a gif. It was pretty funny. Uh, then they were talking about uh, how Disney came out and said that Deadpool will remain rated R at Disney after the merger. 
and that they will have a separate brand for R-rated stuff. Most likely keeping the Fox brand, um, the 20th Century Fox. I heard that they are uh, probably going to keep Fox Searchlight as well, which makes complete sense to me. You know, you you know, you have the Marvel banner as well, so you'll have Marvel and you'll have that Fox banner in order to keep it essentially separate from Disney. So you'll have Marvel Fox, Marvel Disney, but still all under the Disney banner, all underneath that same house, right inside the mouse house. And I love that because, I mean, it's not like Disney's never done this before. They had things like Touchstone. They had Miramax where they put out R-rated stuff. I mean, for crying out loud, Clerks, Chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back. Those are all Miramax flicks. And they're all rated R. So, I, I, you know, they have that in their catalog from you know from owning Miramax. So, I, I get that. It makes the most sense. And that way, a lot of those Fox properties in which you might want to do you know continuations like the Alien uh, franchise, you can keep them separate from the the family friendly Disney name, and, and still have it be that Fox name that people recognize. So I think that's a good good call. For some reason during this episode, uh, I, I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what it was, but for some reason Josh Makuga looked weirdly like Mark Fernandez in this episode. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on, but every time I'd look, I was like, every time I'd look at him, he looked like Mark Fernandez. I I don't know what it is. Let me know in the comments. Did anybody else notice this? Did anybody else notice uh, Josh McCougars looking like Mark Fernandez uh, on Wednesday's episode? Check it out. Go back and look. And see if you think the same thing. Let me know down in the comments. And then at the end of this episode, uh, for Wednesday's episode, episode 3, I tried calling in probably about, I think it was like a, really about 40 times. Uh, never got through. Um, so, and, and they kind of talked about how the, the same two or three people get through like every day. And yeah, it is kind of frustrating. So I'm glad that uh, Christian what he did on Friday, which was, um, he said, if any of the same people, like the regulars call in, he's just going to hang up on them. And he said it had nothing to do with them. It's just that he, you know, he wants some new people to be able to get in, get through. Like, yeah, like I said, I called like 40 times. I, I just sat there and just kept redialing and redialing and redialing. Never once got through. And yeah, it's very frustrating when the exact same people, are able to to just get in like fake Ken. I was like, oh yeah, you're funny, but you're not bringing anything to the conversation. You're just doing your your fake Ken, and it's it starts off good, and then it peters out, and then you're like, okay, bye. Like it's not like you're asking a question or bringing anything interesting to the conversation. You're just calling in to to show off that you can do it. And I I, I really liked the the impression at first, but it's like. I get it, and now that you keep getting in, and there's a couple other people, the same thing. They keep getting in, and none of none of us who are trying to call can get in. It's really really frustrating. So, you know, it, I want to know: Have any of you guys out there tried calling? 
uh, and, and had any success? Have you ever gotten through uh, on Collider Live? Let me know, because I never have. I tried again on um, uh, today, on Friday's show, and didn't get in, but it, they only took like two calls anyways, so yeah. I don't know if maybe I just have to time it to start calling in bef- like well before they put the number up there and just do so. I'll sit on hold. I don't care. Um, it's the only thing I can think of. So, I don't know. Let me know what you guys have uh, experienced. Then we head into into uh, day four. Thursday is the first, uh, first official Thursday for Collider Live. Uh, we had Darina uh, in the main seat, Makuga and Roka in back. Uh, Josh said that he uh, took German throughout high school and college. I also took German uh, for five years throughout middle school and high school. Be honest, I remember barely any of it. Um, this was quite a long time ago. I graduated in uh, 02, so this was, let's see, I graduated, what, seven, oh, geez, 17 years ago? Yeah, I haven't really used it since, so I barely remember any of it. Um, but like he says, it's definitely not a romantic language. Um, there's, there's a scene in Die Hard with a Vengeance that I always, always remember. And it's, they're at the baseball stadium looking for, like, like looking for the bomber, looking for the next, uh, clue or whatever that Simon sends them on. And you, there's the guy up, you know, with the sniper rifle ready to take him out. And he's like, Ya Uda 9! Ya Uda 9! Which means yes or no. He's asking him if, you know, he should take the shot. And that always pops into my brain when people talk about German, you know, about speaking German. And when he said, you know, it's definitely not a romantic language. It's not, you know, it's very brash. It's very, uh, it's, a, it's a harsher uh, uh, language to, to hear that always pops. That that popped right back into my brain. So go, go check out uh, Die Hard with Avenger. I'm sure you can find that clip just like on YouTube or whatever of him saying "Ya Uda Nine," and it's definitely and even like he because he said it in the Makuga said it in the episode. Uh, I love you. It's "Ich liebe dich." Ich liebe dich. It's it's very not not romantic. Ich liebe dich. It, it, it's not romantic in the slightest. It almost sounds like you're saying, I love dick, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. If anybody out there uh, you know, speaks speaks German, let me know what your thoughts on the whole conversation were. I'd, I'd love to hear that. Uh, so, this episode, we finally heard about the, the compilation from Cody, the, the headsets. Uh, Christian... <laughs> Christian saw it, and he just started bagging on Cody about it, about how you know they're messing with him in the back. It was great. I, I have to reiterate how funny the, all of those things were. It was just watching the episode and seeing it each time they go back, and then seeing this whole little compilation uh, put together. It, it, again, this is why seeing the show is so much better than uh, listening to the show. This was uh, glorious. I absolutely loved it. Uh, another thing I loved was Christian's rant about the fake Willem Dafoe, or as I'm calling him, Willem Dafoe, F-A-U-X, you get it? <laughs> Willem Dafoe, uh, this was hilarious. I, I love when he when he kind of goes on a little rant about stuff that's going on at home, like when he talks about the squirrels or the raccoons or whatever, and now fake Willem Dafoe. So, faux Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe-foe, faux-faux-faux-faux-faux-faux. 
whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, that was good. I absolutely that was that was, that was good stuff. Uh, and then they talked about something a little bit on on a downer note, and that was Mark Ellis leaving movie talk. He's going you know, going off to do some other stuff and focus a bit more on his comedy career, which is great. And he'll still be around. He'll he'll still be doing stuff with the Schmodown. He'll still be popping into uh, Collider Live here and there from what they were saying. But he's no longer going to be the uh, the host of Movie Talk. He was the host. They did Movie Talk four days a week, and he was there every day doing you know, doing his hosting duties. And he's one of the best hosts that I think they've ever had on the show. I remember when Campia brought him in. That I mean, I've been watching for a long time. I've been watching Movie Talk since uh, way back in the AMC days when it was uh, Campia, Schnepp, uh, Dennis Zhang, and uh, and Amy. And uh, I, I just it, it, it was it was fantastic. And Mark coming in, I was worried because I was like, can he really? Is he that good of a host? Will he, will he really be able to bring? The energy and and I I was gladly mistaken. Um, he he was so good. It'll be real hard to replace uh, Mark, but I definitely I, I definitely think they can do it. Um, I honestly would love to see someone like John Roca take over as host. He has a great uh, personality and, and and I th- I I think he could do do really really well as the host of movie talk personally so that would be my vote and they went to break and when they came back they were talking about uh you know a couple of them were kind of bigger kids when they were younger and they were talking about uh all of that and uh and i know exactly how that feels i was a i was a fat kid i'm still a, a fat guy so i i totally understand that but that's gonna change i know i've been um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna buckle down I uh, I did it la- a little bit last year, um, and I lost quite a bit of weight, and uh, I just kind of I slid backwards a bit. But I know what I have to do this time, and so I I'm gonna this year is gonna be the change year. So I'm really excited to uh, to see what happens with me. So uh, they talked about Roma and Three Identical Strangers. I I still need to see Roma, and like I said before, I I def- definitely still need to see Three Identical Strangers. Uh, Roma, you know, being a, an Oscar nominee for Best Picture, I always try to watch the Best Picture noms each year. I've been doing that for the last few years, um, so that way I at least have seen those. And so, yeah, I have. I really still got to see Roma, and then I got to see um, Vice and Green Book, which I'll I'll go check out because they're bringing those back to theaters for um like that week before the oscars they always do that at least at the like the regal i know they they do that so uh, i'll definitely be checking them out there um then they were talking about uh, billy eichner he's got a new movie coming out uh with judd apatow i believe and it's like a a gay rom-com or I, i think is what they said it was it sounds it sounds interesting um it's billy eichner i've really gotten more into him lately he's he's really funny I loved him in American Horror Story, and then on I recently binge watched Parks and Rec. I'd never seen it before, and, and binge watched that. And I loved his stuff on that. He was in the later seasons. Um, he was hilarious on Parks and Rec. So uh, I, I definitely uh, am interested to see what he what he does. Um, he was never really on my radar before. 
And so seeing him get, getting out there and doing more stuff, I'm, I'm definitely interested to, uh, to see that. And that, I mean, that pretty much wraps up Thursday's show. They talked a bit more about the Disney buyout, but I already, I, I talked about that a little bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for the buyout personally. Uh, I, I don't think that it's going to, um, people keep saying, oh, not every movie's going to be a Disney movie. In the article that they put out about this buyout that they, they, that they were talking about on live, they said that the Fox brand or whatever is only going to put out like four to five movies a year. So it's not like you're getting 15 movies that are extra Disney branded movies. You're only getting an extra four to five Disney branded movies. So it's not, you know, it's it's really not that huge. It's more on the, the, the job side that is the big thing where, you know, people are losing their jobs and all, all that kind of stuff. And that is, that's sad, but that, unfortunately that is part of business. Um, you know, companies merge and it's financially irresponsible to just keep them completely open with all these, these two completely different divisions where you could easily have one person handling multiple things. It just, it's, it, I, I went to business school, so I understand that whether, like I said, it's, I don't like the fact that all these people are losing their job, but I understand from a business aspect why they're doing it that way, because that's the way it's done. Then uh, Friday show, the very first Friday, and this was an hour-long show, so what they uh, decided to do is like a recap. So what they're doing on this one is they're just kind of going through the week, talking about some of the stuff. Um, I know they asked some of the audience or some of the fans out there like what kind of topics they wanted to, to kind of recap a little bit on. So they talked a little bit about, you know, like Van Damme and, and, and stuff like that. So the big stuff. Um, they talked about uh, the, kind of the insanity of having children. Christian was talking about it, you know, up all nights. Like, I know how that goes. I have a kid, so... I know exactly uh, what he's talking about. Um, and then they talked about uh, like spouses and, and making compromises. And this was where uh, this week's Life Lessons with Christian Harloff came in. Um, I was having a hard time. I hadn't, I couldn't, like, I really wasn't finding any good uh, life lessons throughout the week. And I was worried. I was like, oh, man, I'm watching this episode. It's the final hour. And I still haven't found one. What am I going to do for it? And I found one. I thought this was a good one. So here is this week's Life Lessons with Christian Harloff. This week's lesson, when your spouse tells you to do something, do it. But be prepared to be told you're wrong. And I know this firsthand. Christian was talking about how, you know, his wife would, you know, yell at him for not, you know, getting the baby you know, uh, they made this deal that she would, you know, she would get the baby and, and he wouldn't have to worry about it. And then when he didn't do it, she's like, why didn't you get the baby? And then so he went and he, he got the baby. She's like, okay, just, you know, hold her for, you know, 10 minutes until she passes out and then put her down. And so he waited to 10 minutes and put her down. And then she eventually woke up again and she's like, that wasn't long enough. And so it's like, you can't win. So like I said, when your spouse tells you to do something, you do it. But be prepared to be told you're wrong. That is this week's life lesson with Christian Harloff. Then Christian went on to, to talk about the movie Teeth. He mentioned it. Uh, he asked if, if they had seen it. I haven't heard I haven't heard anybody talk about this movie in a long time. Uh, it's probably been oh man, I don't even know a, a decade 
since I've seen this movie. I remember hearing about it and my brother was like really wanted to check it out. So we 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 got it, we found it. I don't remember. I honestly we might have downloaded it. I don't even remember. Um and we watched it and this movie was insane. Um v- vagina teeth is is like the thing that we remember from it and just hearing someone bring it up. I was like, oh, "Wow." Someone actually knows that movie. It's like one of those really obscure, freaky horror movies that nobody talks about. So it was fascinating to hear hear them actually bring that up on this. Uh, they finally told Josh the story of Roxy's return to Yard House and the Hitler-loving waitress. Uh, so that was good. <laughs> I'm glad that he finally got the rest of that story. This is a fascinating story. I, I, it's so fun every time they talk about it. It's so crazy. And I love how when when they were talking about it on the show, that Mark had just had no problem, uh, just belting out Yard House, and just uh, just just putting them right on blast. So I'm I'm really curious how many people then after that show. I think it was like either Tuesday or Wednesday show. It was one of the ones when that Mark, whichever one Mark. I know Mark was on Tuesday. I don't remember if he might have been on on Wednesdays as well, but. Either way, he Mark was in was in the main seat, and um, so it was. <laughs> I, I just want to know how many people went on went and blasted Yardhouse after he uh, put it out there, and then uh, you know on Friday show Makuga you know outed him again. You know he was saying Yardhouse again, so it's it's, it's not a secret anymore. So I, I'm curious, and and I'm curious if we'll ever hear any more to the story, if we'll ever find out what happened. To the waitress, who apparently was pregnant. Yeah, so. Uh, then uh, they talked a bit about the Avatar sequels, which was is was actually the title of the episode, and they didn't talk about it until like right at the end, which was pretty funny. Um, apparently, James Cameron has finished writing all four Avatar sequels. Um, the first one, I believe, is supposed to come out Next year in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 2020 and 2021, and then I think they skip a couple years and do like 2024 and 2025 or something crazy like that. They and those dates they they'll probably change uh, when they figure everything out, but yeah, so they've all been apparently written. Um, I'm I'm honestly excited. I liked Avatar uh, quite a bit. I understand people are always like, oh, it's it's just a ripoff of this movie or that movie. And I love Fern Gully and Pocahontas and all of these movies. Uh, but, you know, sh- there are tons of movies out there that are quote-unquote ripoffs of other movies. But they bring something new to it. And this one did too. And it utilized a space theme and, and all this other stuff. And I dug it. I really liked it. And so I'm excited to see where Cameron goes. And with the advancement in technology... Over the past decade, since the first one came out, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does for these. I don't know if we need four sequels. Uh, you know, like one or two would have probably been fine, but we'll see. I mean, I'll I'll still go and watch them. I missed the original Avatar when it was in theaters, so if they re-release it, I'll go check that out in 3D because I heard that the 3D was amazing in that movie. So, and I, I just, I missed the boat on being able to see it in theaters. So, uh, I'll definitely check it out 
and I'll check out the sequels. So let me know. Are you guys looking forward to these Avatar sequels at all? Uh, is it something that you've been wanting to see? Is it something you could care less about? Let me know in the comments. Uh, and then the last thing they that they really addressed was the uh, the whole Liam Neeson situation uh, that came out recently. Apparently, he was you know being interviewed and he talked about a, a time. I think it was like he said. It was, I think it was like he was like in his twenties. It was like forty years ago um, when a friend of his was raped and uh, he made essentially like kind of like a derogatory, like a racist comment. Not like he said. He asked, you know, okay, you know, what color was the guy? And, and uh, you know, I'm assuming that she told him that he was a black guy. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm going to go find the first black bastard I can or something like that. And that is not good. I will say that. Um, <laughs> that you, don't, you, don't say, I, you don't say shit like that. I understand you're angry. I get it. But you don't say shit like that. However, it was 40 years ago. And he apologized. He, 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 if you read the whole interview, he talks about how this was wrong, this was wrong of him to say, how he regrets ever saying stuff like that, how, you know, he's not like that anymore. Um, and we've never heard anything since. Like, this, it's something that was 40 years ago, and we haven't heard other instances of him doing this. So I think that people have been reading this headline and just jumping down and, and just pouncing on it. And I, I really think people need to, to, to back off when it comes to it. People people say some shit, man, especially when they're young. But are, are people not allowed a second chance? Are people not allowed forgiveness? Like, he didn't murder anybody. He was angry. Someone raped his friend. He was angry. I get it. I get that he shouldn't have said what he said. But he was angry. And it was so long ago. And he apologized for it. Like, what more do you want from the guy? Do you want Do you want him to cut his damn leg off? And say, here's my leg. Enjoy. Like, what, what do you want from the guy? I, I get it. But I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like people are just looking for something to just tear people apart about. I I, I don't, yeah, that, that's society now. That, and unfortunately, that's, that's the way society has become. But with that, that's, you know, pretty much that's how they wrapped things up. I mean, they, they I think they, they took a call, you know, and, that, and they actually wrapped it up on a call, but it wasn't really anything all that important. Um, but yeah, so that was Friday. And I gotta say, I love the atmosphere of this episode. It was—I feel like it was more free flowing. They—they they weren't tied down to having to talk about certain other things. Like they sometimes, like obviously, every episode is pretty free flowing because that's what the show is. You know, hashtag that's the show. But like they had—they didn't have like okay, let's talk about the the movie news. Let's have this structure of where we're going next. Um, they didn't take a break. You know, any of that stuff. So. I, I really dug it. It was just like a like a free flowing sit down chat, and I I really dug it with a couple of phone calls. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Friday, and I think it'll be a I think it'll be a nice way to kind of cap off the week uh, for Collider Live, you know, going forward. So and that wraps it up for uh, for this episode of After Live. Uh, we had a lot of great things go on. To, uh, set, hit me up in the comments or. Uh, 
Head on over to social media. I'm on Facebook at Merc with a Movie Blog. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. I do, I spend a lot of time on Twitter now. I've been, uh, pay, so like you'll be able to definitely catch me there. I post a bit more on there, retweet stuff, do all kinds of stuff on there. So at Movie Blog Merc. Check me out there. Hashtag After Live. Um, yeah, hit me up with comments. Send me a, a DM, whatever. Just, uh, if you got any questions or anything, or like, what did you like best about this week? Is there anything that stuck out to you? Was it the was it the Van Dam interview? I know a lot of people love that interview. Was it uh, some other conversation that they had? Let me know. Uh, and b- before I go, I I want to give I, I want to send my condolences again to Mark Riley and his fiance Julie. Kill the schmo dog. Uh, he will be sorely missed. Um, you know, any of us who have ever uh, experienced him, I never met, you know, I never met any of you guys or, or Kale in real life, but, you know, seeing you on the show, seeing him, you know, you guys, it was like you guys were part of my family and it, it hurts to, to lose a part of your family. So, um, my condolences, Mark and Julie and everybody else who, uh, who this affected, uh, my heart, my heart's out to all of you. So, Again, this is Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, be sure to uh, li- subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, the movie Merc with a Movie Blog uh, podcast over there. I'm also on SoundCloud. And uh, I, be sure to also listen to my other show. It's Talkin' Schmodown, where I uh, break down the week in the Schmodown. You can uh, hashtag Talkin' Schmodown. No G, just uh, Talkin' Schmodown. And, uh, yeah, that wraps everything up. So uh, I'll catch you guys next week for another episode of uh, After Live. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys have a wonderful week. You have been listening to After Live.